Welcome to episode 79 of Crave the Book. In today's episode, Amber and I are starting our reread through of Court, and we'll be covering chapters 0 through 5. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. What is up, guys? Episode 79, we are a little bit delayed um, because we wanted to wait until Amber had her physical copy of Court, which I shipped all the way from the U.S. to the U.K. And yes. the box got very beat up, but Court arrived The safely. book survived. Yes. The book survived. And it's so nice to have the books, finally, to, like, feel them. To feel them. The, he- the heft. The physical girth. Um, If you guys are watching on YouTube, the visuals, like the little videos that play, have been updated, so that's going to be fun. I've tried to find some videos that fit court, you know, I try to update those for for every book that we start, but today we're covering the beginning, chapters 0 through 5 of Covet, or Court, Court, (laughs) darn it, I say Covet, I've said Covet now for like... How many episodes have we done? Like 20 Covet episodes or something ridiculous? Probably more. Let's let's start again. What's up, guys? Welcome to (laughs) Court the Book podcast. Um, Yes. There are so many spoilers in in this episode. It's going to be really hard to not cover spoilers. So make sure that you listen out for the wolf howl. Because if you have not finished Court and some of Charm, I'm assuming... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, some some of charm, then you're going to need to leave when you hear that howl. Um, I, and I feel like this is just going to be an ongoing th- thing through court because this is only my second time Same. reading. Yeah, I've read all the other books I've read multiple times, but court I have only read once and I speed read it. So I think that we're going to yeah. have a, a lot of it's, reveals. That's true. We, we had to read it so fast so that the podcast was out on time. And I remember, like, not necessarily skipping entire paragraphs, but skipping entire paragraphs. Yeah. Like, okay, cool, cool. Nothing happens here. Cool. Go, go, go. Um, so I am sure that there is a lot of things that we missed on the first read through because we missed a lot on the first read through of the other books that we didn't hurry through. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, even. And now even, Charm is out. So. Even just reading the chapters that we did, there were parts that I did not remember. Um, so mm-hmm. it, this is going to cherish out soon as well. Yeah, yeah, like so, like just a couple months. Well, yeah, we may still be going through. Well, we definitely, we definitely will be still going through court when Cherish comes out. So we might even have like even more like <gasps> moments. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. When we started off, in fact, Amber, you, you know, I read these chapters last week. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't you kind of lead the discussion since you just read um, yeah. where where it starts off? That way you can kind of jog my memory. Yeah. So chapter zero is actually from Hudson's point of view. Um, and it's very confusing unless you read the tiny writing that says Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he is in his room and kind of Grace is in a bit of a, like a catatonic state. She's a bit in shock where she's not really moving, not really replying to him. He's asking all the questions and she's just not saying anything. Um, and there's a, there's a moment where he runs off to shower because he realizes that he's still just covered 
Oh yeah, yeah. He's in and goo. and I pointed out like he still has gore from the first little bit of fighting that he did in the pit to win money. He's still got mm-hmm. gore on him from the giant battle, and he mm-hmm. still has gore on him from the battle at the Unkillable Beast Island. And he like finally gets to take a shower. And can you imagine like how stinky he is? And not only that, but he said that he had to rush to take his shower because he didn't want to leave Grace alone. Like. That requires yeah. more than a quick shower. That's that's some scrubbing. That's some scrubbing. Yeah. Some deep, deep tissue massage scrubbing. Yeah. Because I bet he aches as well. You know, where like, you know, when you've been really active, but because you've been so busy, you've not really noticed how active you are. And then the next day, you just, you feel like you're dead. Yes. Yes. I'm imagining like it's particularly worse for him because I mean I get that from like one hour of paintballing and he exploded everything on the island. <laughs> and I literally hide in a tunnel the entire hour. <laughs> yeah. He's um he's really and, trying to like warm Grace up though. But, yeah, but, well the problem is, right? She got a tattoo not 8 hours ago. Yeah. She ha- she hasn't put any like nappy rash cream on it. She's not cleaned <laughs> it, cleaned it. She's not even worn any cling film on it. She's been out in the sun. Oh, that tattoo aftercare is terrible. Oh, yeah. It's 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 going to be all like gray and craggly and crusty and itchy. Yep. Yeah. I, I- uh, definitely definitely smudged. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is not how you take care of a tattoo for all of our youngins. Our tattooless no. youngins who are listening, and it's and it's not like it's like a big fat off black cross or something. It's like a really intricate and dainty tattoo yeah. that can be so easily <laughs> just oh, there's a little scratch on it, and now it's scarred forever. <laughs> um, yeah, she's just she's not looking after her tattoo at all. Yeah, and now she yeah she's in this catatonic state, and um, she's literally just waiting for this group chat that we get actually a little bit of an insight to this group chat in uh, the cat mirror guide. Oh yeah. Um, that they have going a little group chat. This is the first time she's mentioned that there's kind of a group chat. <laughs> um, and I'd like to think that it's like our version our like 21st century group chat where we just send meme and gif continuously until we die. Um, it would be so funny to make a more realistic like group chat between them and incorporate like the gifts in. Mm-hmm. Like emojis are dead. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to respond with gifts. <laughs> um, um, Hudson. Yeah, like um, she's 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 waiting for like news on Flint, wasn't she? Yes, yes. They're waiting on news from Flint. They were waiting on. I mean, they brought um, Luca's body back. Um, Hudson is is. He he just seems like he doesn't know how to help at this point. He turns on some music. He- yeah, Nina Simone. Like, and I don't know whether you've ever heard like Cinnamon, but that that does not make me calm down. That has like a like a a nervous, anxious tone to it. Like it doesn't stop. You want some water? <laughs> um, and like all of this, and it, and they just they realize that they've got to have their priorities straight and and of course they had to shower first before they got boned down oh yeah oh yeah like, well, hudson kind of realizes the only way to get grace out of her stupor is to smash faces 
honestly, like, I think that it could go both ways here. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I'll actually, I'll, I'll touch on, I'll touch on that a little bit later because I, I have a future point. Um, <laughs> because it really shifts. Because in this chapter, it's Hudson who's trying to connect with Grace, mm-hmm. but then later in the chapters. It's it's Grace who's trying to connect with Hudson. It's a really weird kind of shift in their the, the emotions. The thing is, well, when when Grace is not being um, like communicated to, that's like Hudson being really self depreciating, self centered, quite selfish in the way that he's acting. He's not including her. Grace in this moment, she's watching her phone and she's waiting for things, and he could join in on that by message her on the on the group chat if he wanted to. Like Grace is looking at her phone. She's not ignoring Hudson deliberately. Right. Whereas Hudson in his moment was definitely pulling away from Grace, almost saying, like, no, I don't want you to be included in my my issues. My stewing. Um and like I have that all the time. Like I'm always looking at my phone. Always, always looking at my phone, whether I'm working, whether I'm doing just general social media, whether I'm um talking to like a friend or my nan has messaged me and I've not heard from her in a very long time, and my husband is right there and he'll say something and I have no idea what he said. Oh, same. <laughs> because I'm not in that moment. I am currently in a conversation with somebody else and I'm and I am one hundred percent aware that screens will be the death of most relationships because it's really hard to tear yourself away from it because you're like, Well, this is in the now, this is in the moment. This message has just come through and I have to reply to it right now. Otherwise this friend will think I hate them. And I'm sat like my husband is right there next to me. Like I can reach out and touch him and I'm ignoring him in favor of this person in my phone. Yeah. But the person in my phone doesn't know that my husband has just spoken to me, whereas my husband knows I'm currently talking to someone. Right. And there's a very, very fine line to walk there. I'm like, I I need two minutes. And he doesn't quite understand that all the time. I'm like, I need two minutes. This is important. This is an important email. I need to reply to us right now. And he's like, do you though? Do you really need to reply to it right now? I'm like, yes, because if I clear the notification and I don't do it right now, that email will never get replied to ever again. Yeah. It's gone. It's gone forever. It is lost among the 400 other ones of spam. And in this moment, you know, it's it's a life or death I mean, I'm sure that they mm-hmm. know that Flint isn't going to die by now, but but they're she's waiting to get any update on. I mean, really anything. It, it seems like she's just waiting for any answers. She's they've arrived back to the school to find it empty, destroyed, and she's in this mindset that everything that they did didn't mean anything because ultimately they realized that it was. The, the battle at the Unkillable Beast Island was just a distraction for mm-hmm. uh, for Cyrus to take all of the children. And and she keeps, you know, she said that it's all for nothing. But at the same time, they they ultimately accomplished what they had sought out to do. They did free yeah, the Yeah, they were going Beast. to the island anyway. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the battle just kind of made it a bit more time crucial that they left right then and there. But... And they, they got had the just crown. come out of prison. They just they just come out of prison, right? Did they think that they could just go back to school as if nothing happened? Oh like, yeah, yeah. Like you think that, <laughs> that Cyrus isn't going to know that they're back at the school? 
sorry, can we just matriculate again? It's like, no, no. You've just escaped prison. Like, literally the inescapable prison that this lord of everything put you in. You've escaped it. And then you just want to go back to your normal lives? No, you were always planning on going back to the Unkillable Beast and getting the crown. <laughs> Which they did. They accomplished yeah. both things that they needed to do. And she's like, it was all for nothing. Like, no, you lost. You lost people. And Flint lost his leg. And it was really sad. But... Ultimately, everybody who showed up knew what the risks were and they knew, you know, they knew that some of them might not come out of it alive. Um, mm-hmm. So <coughs> Byron. Oh, yeah. And and we also get um, the order comes in um, to kind of give us a lesson on what happens to vampires when they die, which is mm-hmm. pretty brutal. They disintegrate within what? 24 hours, 48 hours? Unless they're put in a crypt. I didn't really understand that. Like, what's what's the magical point of a crypt? Like, I was like, maybe maybe if it's, like, out of sunlight. Is it, like, a mummy thing where it needs to, have, like, be deprived of oxygen? I know, like, the moment where a pyramid, like, you open the doors and then everything just falls to dust because suddenly you've introduced air. Yeah. <laughs> I don't maybe know. Maybe that's, that's it. But, yeah, like, did anybody else forget that Byron existed or was it just me? I only remember that he existed because I, I always he tie him to his anything. his mate that apparently um his mate apparently died and that's where the bloodstone from his family came in. It was a gift uh from Delilah to Byron's family after Byron's mate died. So it's lovely. He's he's kind of a he he's definitely faded in him and um Liam. And Liam. That's see, you didn't even remember his name. That's how inconsequential they are. <laughs> I know. And I was like, everybody's really, really upset that like Luca died. And I'm saying, like, why are these two people here? <laughs> right. Where have you been? Where have you guys yeah, been? Like, well, what were you doing? <laughs> yeah. They've Makai, I mean, he's not he's not always there, but he has a personality. But <laughs> Byron and Rachel. <laughs> Byron and Liam, they just I don't have a personality for them. I do have an image they, of what no. I think they look like just because I've read, you know, I've seen fan art, but they've not done anything on their own that warranted merit no no like Mackay, like he did some things like he tried to um get them out but then got mauled by the guards like the werewolf yeah um like so like we have we have some like he tried to do things and f- failed but he tried to do things liam and Raph- Raphael, raphael as well like who are they where did he go? What? What's the? La- Where did he go? Is he in this book? They're like they're like the teachers in Hogwarts that you never ever ever hear of, but then all of a sudden turn up at the Battle of Hogwarts. Like, you're like who are you, Raphael? Like, well, we needed a teacher of maths. I can't even think of what. Like, I have a picture of Lee- Liam. I use um, Lulu Lucky's artwork. You know, picture of Liam as my version of Liam, and then the actual Catmere Guide. Um, it has a good picture of Byron because he's got like long black hair in the picture, and I, that's how I picture him. But Raphael, mm-hmm. nothing. Who are you? 
is he, he's a he's the Ninja Turtle. He just shows up. <laughs> he like skids in Ninja Turtle style, like, like Michelangelo just turns up as well. <laughs> What's up, dudes? <laughs> Bring him pizza. It's turtle yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, and um, and this is me. Like, I love how everybody's just waiting to see if Flint's leg can be fixed because they can't they can't fix anything else. Like everything else is insurmountable. They can't get the children back. They can't. They can't get Luca back. Um, they're not really even fixating on the fact that Jackson's kind of got a soul again. Like no one's discussing anything apart from Flint's leg, which just makes the um, the situation so much worse. When the person who is like, "Yeah, I can't fix it," is like, "What were you expecting?" Like gen- genuinely, were you expecting to just walk up and go, "Can you put this big leg back on, please?" And she goes, "Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll take some soup." You put blue. it in some milk. You put it in some milk, <laughs> and you, and then you can reattach. You it. soak it in dry rice. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like you, you put so much pressure on both Flint and Maurice, and also the fact that Grace did everything she possibly could to save Flint's life, and unfortunately said that the leg was not salvageable. Why are you returning back to the dead horse? Yeah. Like, it's not going to be fixed. So you're putting so much pressure on on a problem because it is the only thing that you can focus on right now because you can't fix anything else. And... How does that make Flint like, feel oh. when Flint is yeah. like, you know, that that's like, like... Stop giving me hope. Right. That's like going up to like, you know, to someone who is terminally ill, whose days are number, numbered, and you give them like a get well soon balloon. Like, not, <laughs> no, homie, yeah. that's not how that works. I'm not going to yeah. get well soon. And if I'm honest, I'm not surprised why he's in a bad mood because he's yeah. very snipey and snarky and mean like lots of comebacks um really snippy and i'm like i'm not surprised like everybody is is focusing so much on him getting better that they're not really focusing on luca who was the person that he's now lost yeah yeah and, and they're also not focusing like on when the children are where they've been taken when they got taken they're asking Maurice really wishy-washy questions and then going, oh, don't don't worry about it. You don't don't have to think too hardly about it, love. I know you've been through an ordeal. Like, I would be livid that the children got taken and the one person that could give some details about it has now forgotten everything. I don't remember. Like, I would be trying to w- walk around the school grounds trying to work out what had happened instead of fixating on somebody's leg who got amputated trying to stick it back together. Yeah. Like, let the guy recover. He has lost his leg. He has also lost his boyfriend, who is now dead. Leave him alone to grieve and to mourn and go do something else that you can actually achieve. Yeah, because the whole part about, like, Flint lashed out at Hudson, like, really hard and was basically blaming Hudson for not using his powers to just Mm -hmm. end the battle and make sure that nobody died. But uh, first of all, my question is, Flint shouldn't technically know that Hudson has this power because as far as everybody else knows, Hudson's He's Yeah, Hudson's at power to power to poof things. Nobody knows that except for Grace, right? No, cuz he destroyed the entire arena. That's that's right. That's right. So they they do know that he's still yeah. powerful. Um but also 
Uh, like, no point does anybody blame Flint for literally getting hit within the first two minutes of the battle. Yeah, he didn't like, see anything. You, he had a lot of no. judgment for someone who wasn't even conscious for any of the exactly. battle. Which makes me think that maybe somebody else was kind of snarking in his ear. Like cluing him and in. Giving him, giving him a play-by-play um, of what like happened or didn't happen whether it was something that happened but it like either way it was very petty like the way that he said it and i'm like you weren't even awake you weren't conscious during that point i see it as flint is being he's in one of those states of toxic where it's not i I don't blame him for being toxic but he needs to just not be communicated with at that moment i mean have Mm -hmm. you ever had moments like especially when you're pmsing where rationality (laughs) is just not clicking and you are aware (laughs) that you're being irrational, but you're like, no, right now is not a good time to speak to me. I just need to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. I I also think that nobody's given him the benefit of the doubt that the fact that he's like grieving. Yeah. He needs time to be alone. Yeah. The one thing that he kind of requests, everybody immediately either denies or is like, they're not, um, uh, sensible about it like they either give him everything because his boyfriend is dead or they give him nothing because his boyfriend is dead like that no one meets in the middle as like a happy compromise um no one's really thinking about how flint feels in this situation it's it's all about like the the tension in the room just keeps ramping up and no one's actually speaking to each other on a on a human level yeah, and not only like, that, but the whole thing about, you know, I mean, it it is insensitive. Whether or not it was a good idea to invite Lucas' parents to come retrieve his his body, you know, I understand the risks there and why um, Hudson is saying, like, we, we can't invite them to come here. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, having them come to pick up their son's body was important. Um, yeah. But the way that... Especially it, considering his species. Right. I think that... The way that, you know, they had this conversation right in front of Flint was mm-hmm. very insensitive. Like, the the body, like, wasn't even cold yet, you know. it. Yeah. It's like, they, this just happened. And they're already like, oh, well, you know, we, we can't call his parents. We can't give him the respect of that, you know, what would be their yeah. traditional burial. It would be almost the equivalent of having, you know, a friend die while you're out hiking and just having to leave the body for animals to eat rather mm-hmm. than having a funeral. Yeah. And and like at no point do they go like we have to leave Luca so his parents will will come here, but we also don't trust the parents enough that we should be here when they do arrive. Like they don't have that discussion. They just go like, "Well, n- no, you they either come and we all die or they don't come and we all survive." There is no other gray area. Right. That those are the only two options. Leave the body um, and everybody else go somewhere else. Yeah, but also at no point do they consider the fact that even if the parents are on Cyrus's side, all of that will absolutely go so far out of the window because their child is dead. If anything, it should help their their case more. If, yeah. If, if this was me, I would round everybody up, including Flint, who we know can walk when he's in his dragon form. I would leave Maurice 
I would round up all, you know, the everybody who's still alive, and I would go straight back to the Giants um, city and go, you know, because Vander at this point is probably very, very much like indebted to to Grace and Hudson for helping him escape so he can return to his wife. I would say that their best case scenario would be to go there to seek refuge, even if it just temporarily. Also, they're giants. Nobody's going to fuck with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, mean, we saw the Goliath battle. Yeah, like they they could totally hide out, you know, just for a little while to get a plan, and then Lucas' parents could come pick up the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it doesn't have to be at the school. No, they could leave him somewhere, like where they could pick him up. They also could go and just take him home. <laughs> yeah, the order goes. The order. They seem to be, well, they seem to be able to travel quite quickly. Can't they just, like, leave, you know, like a baby on a doorstep with a note? <laughs> just just leave the body the on the station. parent's doorstep with a little note that says, saw we. Yeah. I just, I feel sad, like, no one really just actually thought about it. It was all knee-jerk reactions. But then I had to remember that they're, like, 17. And panicking. years old. Yeah. Um, and so eventually they do decide, okay, yeah, it is probably the correct thing to do to, to at least inform the parents that their child is dead. We're like, good, good decision. Well done for being adults there. Um, so Jackson, for some reason, can't take that phone call in the room, even though everything else has been like literally close quarters in a single room and everybody said things that they shouldn't say. Um, Oh, and and also there is this, this moment where when Flint accuses Hudson of not using his powers when he needs to, Grace kind of hugs Hudson because she realizes that he's getting really like grilled. Yeah. And all of a sudden when she opens her eyes, everybody in the room hates her. Yeah. And I think for the next couple of chapters, that's quite apparent where nobody really trusts her to be on the collective side. They know that she will always side with Hudson. And I'm like, he's a fucking mate. Yeah. Like, what would you expect? Like, would you just go like, oh, actually, no, Hudson, um, does, it doesn't matter what you think. I know you're my mate, but actually, I'm going to go with them. Yeah. She went to prison for him. Yeah. It, just, it was just silly. We- so, yeah, Jackson leaves the room to go and take this phone call. And then uh, Maurice lets the, the bomb fall, bomb drop, drop the bomb, drop just lets the cat out of the bag, whatever the Id- idiom is, <laughs> and um, and says that actually the kids weren't taken as leverage. Um, Cyrus has taken them to drain their magic. And essentially, um, I think Macy says that magic is connected to people's soul. Yeah. And they will die, essentially. Yeah, that's why I said it's Which like straight up his dark material style. Like they're trying to... Right. But that made me think... This entire time when Jackson had no soul. Did he have no magic? Did did he have no magic? Oh. He was strong. No, he used his telekinesis on Hudson in their fight. Like, like, this needs to be consistent. (laughs) But yeah, like, apparently if you remove their magic, their soul dies. And these children are basically all being just desiccated like little mummies like little raisins 
Little raisins. Remy the raisin. Remy the raisin. I forgot about <laughs> Remy the raisin. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember, remember what that was about. I have no <laughs> idea. I can't either. <laughs> um, so I and and you know going back to the the whole like how do you act when your partner is distant? My my thing is like when Hudson starts drifting from Grace. Why, in the middle of death? and destruction, and war, and chaos, in YA novels, do the teenagers always assume that it is the relationship that is the problem? Like, if if I just witnessed a gory battle, I just got my hands and arms covered in blood trying to heal a friend, I watched another friend get murdered right beside Mm -hmm. me, I almost lost, you know, an ex who I'm still close to, he he basically died. And all of died. this was perpetrated by your father. Yeah, yeah. Like, but... Yep. And then you got blamed. Right. Because you could have ended it sooner and you didn't. Like, why do you... Why would Grace assume, like, oh, it must be me. He doesn't want... I must, I must hold him and love him and kiss him. And no, no, you need to give him a little bit of space even just a day to cope with his trauma. Now, granted, Hudson could communicate a little bit better and say, no, I just need to not be, you know, I I need a little bit of space. Now, again, granted, right, right when, you know, Grace starts hugging all over him and kissing on him, they, they, you know, he goes like feral as all (sighs) YA dudes do when there is trouble and they are resisting and then like they just melt and decide that it is what they want. But that, and I don't really think that that's how um, situations like these typically play out. I think that the better thing to do when a partner is, you know, pushing away after trauma, you know, right after trauma is to give them a little bit of space or ask them, what do you need from me yeah and and Mm -hmm. try to respect their space a little bit because he's clearly showing signs of not wanting to be um smothered in that moment and and that goes without saying she literally had a moment not five minutes ago which started her panic into thinking he doesn't think i have faith in our relationship was because she realized that whilst um their little canoodling moment earlier that children could be dying. And she's like, I was so selfish. I can't believe that I I would take time out of my day, out, out of all of this, this chaos and like share a moment of love with my boyfriend slash mate slash life partner. Um, because these children, um, well, they were being drained of their power. And I'm sorry, like, you didn't know that. But also, even if you did, you are allowed to make time for your relationship. Yeah. And and then literally, she she makes a face at Hudson of, of shame, doesn't she? She 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 shows like how ashamed she is that they were literally kissing whilst children could have been dying. And then literally she goes back to kissing him again. <laughs> to try and pull him out of his trance. I'm like, oh, just Maybe she's just really horny. Teenage emotions from what are confusing. I re- from what I remember, from what I remember, of course, as well, horny is just the 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 main theme. Oh yeah, it's 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 edging central. 
um, and yeah, my commissar, like, they literally get to his room and she's like, oh my God, that bed, bed looks so good. I'm so tired. Like, everything is dragging. And then they go back to the kissing and cuddling. And I'm like, oh my gosh, just go to sleep. <laughs> I know. That's, I said I would be dead asleep after everything yep. she's been through. She has not slept since the prison. Nope. And then after all of that, she literally is drifting off asleep, having some weird dreams. But then the um, the the unkillable beast starts talking to her in her head. It's like, wake up, wake up. And I'm like, you could have got 20 minutes extra easy sleep. And that's if it was just kissing and didn't just fade to black. Yeah. But they didn't go to bed, so therefore she didn't get her sleep. Nope. Let's see. Let's play a game of how long does it take Grace to sleep? Because we're going yeah. on like what? At least a day. At least a day. We'll we'll see when she finally. She, the last she last slept the morning of going to the pit. Yeah. Um. So she had the whole twelve hours of being in the pit. She then had the fight with the giants. She then got to the graveyard. She then went to the Unkillable Beast's island. She then had the battle of the Unkillable Beast's island where she literally zapped all of her reserves and everybody else's. And then she got back to Katmir. Then she was waiting all night to hear whether Flint was okay. And then they found out they it wasn't. But it's not been 24 hours since Luca died. So. Is it 24 hours or 48 hours that they disintegrate? It was 24. Was it 24? Okay. Yeah. And the parents said that they would be there in the morning. Got it. Um, so I'm, I'm saying it's been a, at least 24 hours since she slept last. Yeah, because I believe in the next chapter she gets up and goes and talks to the unkillable beast, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's before everybody else is asleep. No, she go she goes to Macy's room. I can't remember. I because she packs her bag. Remember her war bag? Oh, that's her, right. Her ba battle bag. Yeah. So and and Macy's still asleep. Okay. Well, so actually, I think it's been all night. She maybe slept for an hour. That's not enough. We will. We will be. We will. We will continue on this story in it's episode not how two. Human beings survive. <laughs> um. So let's get into spoilers. If you have not finished uh, Court and probably a little bit of Charm as well, um, maybe we'll wait and we'll let you know when we get back to the, when we get to the Charm part we'll do a separate spoiler warning because I know some of you have read Court, but you don't have access to Charm yet. So we'll start with Court and then we'll let you know when we get to Charm spoilers. Um, so I want to point out, if you finished Court, you know, in the next few chapters, you know that Maurice ends up um, being a bit of a little rat. She has snitched to Cyrus about the kids being at the school. But I want to, you know, Rereading the chapters and now knowing that she betrays them, her behavior is kind of odd. It's it's very, I don't know. She told them way too much about what Cyrus was doing for someone who didn't have to. Um, but it's clear that she wanted them to stay at Catmere, where Cyrus would be able to get them, obviously, because she, she said, you know, stay at Catmere where it's safe. But she 
she just disclosed a lot of information that she, if she had really not wanted them to know what Cyrus is up to, she could have just not told them that, you know, that Cyrus had come and take the children and didn't she also chime in on the part about Cyrus, like siphoning the magic from the kids? She's the one that told them. Yeah. Like she, um, she kind of blurted it out and then Macy was like, oh, we thought that they were using them for leverage. And then I, I think Maurice kind of goes, uh, 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 no. Well, during the battle that I absolutely don't remember anything else about, um, I, I remember them talking about <laughs> yeah, how they were going to say from the magic. Like, That's a really weird detail to remember. Yeah. Like a really weird. Yeah. Her odd is her, her behavior is very odd for somebody who is betraying them. And I'm wondering, is it that she's betraying them or is it that she's afraid that she will be killed if she doesn't? Is it more of like a, she's got a gun to her head um, and she's just trying to do what she can to comply with what Cyrus wants. So he's not compelled yeah. to pull the trigger. Well, there's that moment where they're talking about Luca's parents and how they don't trust the fact that they won't try and harm the the kids. And Maurice goes, well, they won't try and hurt me. And then apparently she tries to make it sound like unsure as to whether her statement is could, could fully be correct. But the way she says it, like, you wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you... If you believed that actually Luca's parents could be on the other side. If you were truly honest with yourself and um, the team you were on and they were on the opposite ones, either way, either Luca's parents will turn up and screw you over and say, no, you're clearly on Cyrus's side. Or if they are on Cyrus's side and you're not, they're going to turn up and also tell everybody that you're on Cyrus's side. Yeah. Like it was a very big hope to just not be noticed <laughs> and she does get noticed doesn't she like i think luca's parents kind of let the the cat out of the bag are they the ones who because do they, they 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 kill her ah okay yeah i couldn't remember it yeah they they immediately kind of everybody's like whoa and they're like she's been feeding information to cyrus this whole time he told if she told them where you were yeah and then that's when the werewolves start coming. Yeah. Um, and I think that the parents literally pick up Lucas' body and like fade. Ba yeah, they just bounce they out. Can. Um, but yeah, like I think that this whole time Maurice has been like hurt um, and saying that she's not at full strength. I think it's an absolute lie. Grace has been feeding her blood and I think she's absolutely fine. She's she's like building herself up to, to do something. Well, uh, Macy said, we will not leave you. Like she's like, you know, Maurice is talking to the kids, you know. No, no, no. Like, there's, like, apparently, like, scratches and scars and bruises are all over her that have not healed yet. Yeah. And these these kids are saying, like, oh, well, it's testament to how hard she fought in the battle. And I'm like, because they've not healed yet? And I'm like, it's very bizarre that there's no healing of just scratches. Maybe she's maybe she's making herself seem more weak than she really is and more exactly. damaged. That way it compels the kids to stay since Macy's already told her that mm -hmm. that they won't leave her. So she's trying she's, there was a that was that moment where Hudson was after that fight, had like two pulls of Grace's blood from the wrist, and he she said he immediately looked better. Yeah. But he he regained some stance, he wasn't wobbling on his feet. At no point has Marie showed signs of getting better, even though she's had two bottles of blood so far 
So I think they're fake. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's just, because Macy has said, we're not leaving you behind, she's using that to her advantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's using their charity and their human being side where they are not willing to, uh, their, their compassion. Yeah. The bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's the whole like, oh, I don't remember anything about the attack. And yet this weird detail, like I remember. And I'm like, that's just weird. Yeah, that was very just much an oopsie weird. detail that she didn't mean yeah. to disclose. Um, and I, I, re I remember her being really flip floppy about um, Luca's parents as well, where she didn't really know. And I don't think she knew which side they were on. Um, because she wasn't exactly uh, like, no, 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 like, you don't, you can't trust them, you need to go. But also she wasn't like, no, I'm sure they won't hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Because she probably she really didn't like, know. Ooh. Yeah. And, and also, like, well, whatever is going to mean that you stay here longer. Because if she had told Cyrus where they were... And then all of a sudden they had a reason to leave. She was then no longer going to be able to feed him more information. Yeah. So she was like, well, whatever you want to do, like, I'll be with you. Yeah. She was very pl um, pliable. Yeah. And, and whenever anybody's like that, you're always like, hmm. You know, like, oh, yeah, I hate, I hate, I've forgotten every band ever. I, f I hate my chemical romance and you're like oh i love my chemical romance. oh me too <laughs> you're like yeah you you have no idea about your own personality do you therefore you i don't trust you golden retriever uh mentality yeah like whatever you like i'll like too even if i don't like it i'll try and like it right I, i'll say that i like it as to not cause friction yeah chameleon yeah yeah which is kind of creepy in some senses but also makes the best days because that person's very easy to get outside <laughs> it's like what do you want for dinner anything you want okay okay we're getting this uh, i don't really like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i love that and you're like yeah i knew you would because you're an absolute flop <laughs> Um, um, and then uh, another note that I made was there has been nothing shady about Liam yet. I know. I, he's, he's, I mean, he really is just another background type character. We don't get. But I thought that there would be like little, um, like glimmers of, um, like maybe it was, um, Liam who faded to go and make the phone call for Lucas' parents. Like, I thought that it was going to be like that sort of thing where it looked like he was doing one thing. Right, clues. But actually was sabotaging. But he doesn't do anything. Well, maybe we'll see some more on the read-through. Maybe as we go, you know, maybe we'll be able I to... I think Phoenix is right. Where she's like, Liam got done dirty. He didn't do anything. Oh. And, I, and I think she's right. I don't think Liam did anything. Because the way the way that he like tried to plead with Jackson during his death scene was very much like a I did not do this. Right. Normally, if you've been caught and you know that you're going to die no matter what, it's better to just be like, you know what, I I I did it. Like because what I'd do you do it again? <laughs> right. Like you have nothing to lose. But he he up until the point that he died, he was still just like, adamant. Like, I didn't do it. This 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 was it wasn't me. I didn't do it. Yeah. Um. And I'm really intrigued to see whether we spot any more moments where, like, nothing happens with Liam or there are shady things that we're like, oh. 
but I don't remember any at all. Yeah, because I was remember I was suspicious of Mackay the whole time. I was like, I'm like, it's Mackay. <laughs> Mackay is going to be the bad guy, and then it ended up not being Mackay. Yeah, and I and I just think that the way that Cyrus was very much like, oh, yep, like Liam Liam uh, has been sending me uh, your like location and stuff, and then just immediately kills him. And I'm like, that was really weird. Like you wouldn't kill your informant. No. And like it's really strange. Unless he's just disposable, he's like you know the little messenger boy that's easily replaceable. And Cyrus yeah. was just killing him to make a statement, but. I don't know. I think I'm, uh, I'm hoping that we get some more uh, information yeah. here in Cherish. Yeah. Um, and then my, fi- my final point, um, which is a bit about charm. So if anybody's not read charm yet, pop out. Leave. We love you. We love you, but come back later. Okay. You gone? Are you, li- are you are leaving you, yet? Are you gone? Um, so the f- chapter zero where Hudson is is talking, um, he's saying how he doesn't want to go back to the shadows. He's been there all along. And it sounds really like, oh, where was me? I lived in a crypt when I was a child. And I'm super sad about it. I don't want to go to back to the dark, dark dungeons. But actually, I think he's talking about how he doesn't want to go back to the shadows. Like the shadow shadows. And it made me feel really confused because he really liked being there. I know he was a teacher. He had, mm-hmm. a, he, they had a whole life. Mm-hmm. They had friends. It's, it's weird that he doesn't even reflect on what became basically a family to them. No. I wish, and that just kind of tells me that maybe Tracy hadn't had a huge plan for all of the little events that took place in Charm when she was writing Court, which is, you know, that's fine. I think that it made it mm-hmm. more fun that she had the freedom to just go crazy um, and write whatever she wanted. But I would have loved to have had some some little hints about, like, Smokey or, you know, their yeah. their life their life there. But it made me kind of maybe think that maybe it wasn't the shadow realm that he was talking about. Maybe it was the way that he poofs himself and goes to the darkness. He's not ready to go there yet. Yeah. Um, because the way he said it was very like absolutist where he was like, if my father captures me, there is no way that I'm ta- being taken alive kind of. Yeah. Like he'll end himself there. He's not ready no, to. He was like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so it made me think that I think that Hudson's got this end game in his head. Yeah. That if it was a choice between being with Grace, um, not being with Grace, or um, or dying, he'd he'd kill himself. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, obviously Tracy has to write, you know, sensitively, but I think that that, that was kind of what was implied, that mm-hmm. he, he there is no world for him. Without but at grace. the same time, he's not ready for that. Yeah. He doesn't um, want that, but he will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that did make me like wonder like whether we'll see more of that towards the end. Because I mean, he has this moment of chapter zero, and then in chapter three or four-ish, when Grace is trying to capture him, that's very much of somebody who is in that mindset where he's like, I I'm I'm leaning more towards oblivion yeah, than anything. And she's trying to like claw him back from that, but she has absolutely no idea how he's feeling. Yeah. 
they need to communicate more. Like, <laughs> I know I say <laughs> that every theme episode. Of the book. Like, communicate more. Y'all need to communicate. They do in Charm, though. That's what I don't understand is they, in Charm, they're like a perfect couple. And then Hudson well, reverts. really, because there is like three months, isn't there? An entire three months where they don't talk to each other. You're right. At all. You're right. You're right. They do. They they do. I think they had to go through that to to realize that what they have to say to each other is actually really important. Um, and even then, like Hudson still didn't tell her that he was her mate. He still didn't tell her, um, like at much. Like he didn't really communicate a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like they're, they're they've still got teething issues, even when they were the perfect couple. So I'm hoping in Cherish, when they've got all of the relationships that they've ever had in across any time zone, <laughs> that they'll uh, they'll put them together and realize that they can talk. Or they need a therapist, you know, one or the other. Either <laughs> yes. solution would be great. Yes. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening. Um, next week, we will continue our our adventures through court. Um, make sure that you join the Crave the Book podcast tea room on Facebook as well. It's It's been a little quiet lately. Amber and I have been very busy, but please feel free to hijack that group and talk about some of the things that we've brought up. If, if you want to add to any of our theories, if you have your own theories, start some discussions. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Amber. Yeah. A little rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, your, your theories are absolutely wrong. And here is a, you know, 20 paragraph explanation as to why you're wrong <laughs> give it give us that on page 456 i think you'll find yeah i'm like oh no <laughs> but yeah guys uh thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week Bye bye.